this is terrifying. Welcome to episode 114, a bonus episode of Bunta Vista, the show that you know and love that has no surprises. Nothing different ever happens on this show, and it's just the normal show for everybody. Um, you're here with me, Theo, and uh, we've got one of those classic Theo scenarios that you <laughs> hear <laughs> At the beginning of every episode. Uh, we're here on a 1950s corn farm. Uh, I'm a uh, 1950s corn farmer. I'm sitting in my bed, uh, still wearing comically sized overalls, smoking a comically sized pipe inside with the windows closed. <laughs> and I am mourning the loss of my wife, who I did not respect at age 28 to tuberculosis. She bore me no children. Uh, and then suddenly there's a hush over the entire homestead. The dogs, being noisy until now, suddenly quiet. Looking over the cornfields, there's a breeze blowing through it, but there's no, no wind to speak of. Uh, seems like there's too many scarecrows in the field, but I'm not quite sure. There's a deadly mist over my mind. But then there suddenly... Uh, looking all the world, like my dead wife, running through the cornfields. But feet not quite making contact with the ground, the corn parting uh, before she reaches it. Uh, she's running, she's through the door, she's up the stairs, and she's all of a sudden upon me. It's Ben! <laughs> that was beautiful. <laughs> How is that? Is it a normal intro to do t- for this show, Bunta Vista, or whatever it is? Now... You know that I would never criticise you. Okay. And I just want to start out before I criticise you by saying <laughs> that that was uh, a stunning piece of short fiction, okay. uh, vividly told. Sure. Are I mean, we... you have you have kind of lined it up that there is a criticism beforehand that's sort of made whatever whatever positivity. Does it ring hollow? The uh, part that I'm saying before. Not so the much butt? that it rings hollow. I just I just feel I'm I'm distracted. I'm I'm waiting for the hit. All right. Well. I mean, I, mm. I just, again, got to sure. say I love it. Thank you. Uh, but are we absolutely certain this is bonus episode 114? My first qualm with that is uh-huh. we don't really number the bonus episodes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Fuck off. <laughs> my second issue is that I also thought that last week was main episode 114. Yes. And now we're in this week. That doesn't make any sense to me. Right. But the episode, this is the episode that I wasn't on. So, uh, that so makes sense The bonus comes after the main. I just feel like that when Andrew does right. it, and again, I'm not criticizing okay. you, and I'm not going to yep. compare you to him in everything doing the do. best I can. I'm just I, like, you know, it's well, first first time, uh, actually, sorry, second time, uh, don't go back in the archives. <laughs> no, I don't believe the first time. The first time never happened as far as I understand it. Absolutely. Um, this is the first time and only time for the second time. <laughs> I think what Andrew uh-huh. usually does is he just says this is a bonus episode a bonus because, ep- because he's sick of your shit, Ben. <laughs> long-time <laughs> listeners of the show be well aware that I have some issues with the numbering system of the podcast. Uh, and frankly, to have it rear its ugly head again here with you in what should be a sacred space, yeah. a Ben and Theo episode, the first time that yes. this has ever happened. The first I time we've ever been alone together, I'd say. <laughs> I don't think that's true. It's been, mm-hmm. well, maybe if you count your farts as another person, it's never happened. And I don't. <laughs> that would it's be normal, weird to confer personhood. 
on your farts. Um, uh-huh. So I think what has happened in the past, I sure. think we've definitely had a Theo and Lucy episode that didn't happen. That existed, mm-hmm. but doesn't. No. I've definitely been on an Andrew and Ben episode. Mm-hmm. Oh, we've all been, been, an we've all been alone episode. With, with Ben. With, with Andrew. Hmm. So I think the only link in the chain that this leaves out... Yes. Uh, there's never been just a Ben and Lucy episode. Oh, can you can you imagine? I can't, and I don't want Delightful. to. Delightful. Mm. Uh, freewheeling. Well, freewheeling is certainly the word that I would use for unlike this, which so far has been a very rigorous, structured episode of a podcast. Well, that's what you get when you put Theo at the helm. I've got all that's the tools, Ben. I've got all the controls. I am twiddling with the knobs to make sure all of the levels are correct. Well, maybe keep your hand off the knob for just one uh-huh. second while we record this podcast. Oh, man, I make no promises. <laughs> uh, welcome to uh, mm. Buddha Vista. This is yep. a podcast where we examine the week's news. Mm-hmm. Yep. Is that true? I think uh, the week's news or perhaps is that last, week's, last week's news uh, could be... Uh, last week old, tonight. I guess, as well. That's the name of our podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we... something from a little earlier. That's the little, the little subtitle. <laughs> yeah. um, our job here is to take an askance glance mm-hmm. at um, the po- politics. Yep. And also uh, culture. Yeah. And you can't go wrong. Um, you and can't speaking go of, wrong um, with culture. Oh, sorry, did I interrupt your segue? No, no, that's that's fine. Um, <clears throat> I'll just rewind, um, pretend I'll cut that out. Um, so, you now, um, uh, speaking of whatever that was, oh. um, Ben, have you, played, have you played Control yet? Because I, I really want to play Control. I that really want to play Control, but I'll tell you mm-hmm. how much money I don't have. Uh-huh. The, the cost of Is the it? game Control. Sure. The cost of any new release AAA any, game yep. is the amount of money that I don't have. And just for just for listeners outside of Australia, um, how much is how much is that for a AAA new release? You get it out of the out of the wrapping. Um, well, I think JB you could maybe Hi-Fi. if you did like a price match thing. If you went into an EB Games and you said, yep. "Well, someone here is having a sale, so could you please match this?" Uh, you might be able to get it for I don't know eighty, ninety bucks. It's it's simply that cheap. It's simply that easy to buy a video game that I will spend uh, 10 hours on before getting frustrated or bored or forget that I was in the middle of playing a video game because mm. my brain is full of holes the size of a baby's fist. Sure. Um, but maybe maybe it's because I'm sort of living control vicariously through other people while I finish this fucking uni degree, which is almost done, by the way. Which, You're so close. I'm so, I'm so close. Please don't make this. Uh, um, the, that, I was, that I was looking through the uh, the um, unexplained noises page on Wikipedia, and I thought oh, I'd just... Oh, it's so good. It's so wonderful. Like, it's it's truly up there with the things that I can just go and reread, um, along with the Halifax Explosion... Uh, Have you ever read the uh, Wikipedia list of common misconceptions? No. That Ooh. will fucking take a good uh, 20 to 30 minutes of your evening and it'll just, it, it'll rule, it, it'll rock your world. I have read it multiple times. I can't remember anything that's on it. I haven't learned a thing, but the process of reading it is just a wild thrill. 
I'm going to give that a go. Give it um, a bash. The, the one that I, I will come back to like once every two years is like the timeline of the far future. Oh, that's a good which one. Which is absolutely crushing. Um, but, for you, but, that seems like a very bad idea. It's an irresponsible read. <laughs> you should need a license if you're a Theo and you want to read that page. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you came into my department of Theo licenses and you were you, the Theo that you are, hmm. I wouldn't give you that license. And you'd be within your rights for to your own safety. from me. Yep. Yeah. Um, but I was reading and uh, one that caught my, my eye... Um, is a little little sound called the Forest Grove sound, Ben. And I thought, this would tickle Ben's fancy. I'm always thinking of things that would tickle Ben. Um, Thanks so much. Hmm. Now, the Forest Grove sound was an unexplained noise described by the Oregonian as a mechanical scream heard in Forest Grove, <laughs> Oregon in February 2016. So how's that, buddy of bread, so far? Oh, I am. <laughs> uh, my laptop is levitating, and mm-hmm. I'm not going to tell you by which mechanism. Oh. Phenomenal, for whatever that word is. Sure. Um, and I'm just going to go off the Wikipedia article because it actually summarizes a whole bunch of different articles in a, in a very concise way. Um, in February 2016, a high-pitched noise was heard at night in Forest Grove, Oregon. The Department of Forestry determined that their equip- equipment was not the cause of the sound. Uh, the, the noise was first shared with Dave Nemea by a Forest Grove resident who posted a video of it on the city's Facebook page. Uh, the Washington Post described the noise as sounding like a giant flute played off pitch, <laughs> car brakes, or a steam whistle. So any one of those three things. Is, it could be a steam whistle, could be a giant flute played off pitch. You know what's interesting is that, to me, uh, two of three of those are very unpleasant sounds, but I don't mm-hmm. mind the sound of a steam whistle. No. I mean, that's knockoff time, isn't it? That's certainly quitting time. <laughs> it's quitting time. And we're down the big tail of the dinosaur. Um, (laughs) But it goes on. NBC News described it as akin to a bad one-note violin solo broadcast over a microphone with non-stop feedback. Sounds bad. (laughs) That's not what a steam whistle sounds like to me. No, that certainly sounds like something that's full of psychic uh, potent. You're absolutely right. Really? Uh, it was described by the Oregonian as sounding like a mechanical scream and reportedly lasts from 10 seconds to several minutes. Wow. Uh, the fire department of Forest Grove did not consider the sound to be a safety risk, <laughs> but they would say that. They're in the pocket of mechanical scream. So, sure. Uh, big mm, mechanical scream. Big, mecha- <laughs> big mechanical scream. Uh, the noise occurred near Gales Creek Road. Neither the City of Forest Grove Public Works Department nor the Fire Department were able to explain the noise. Uh, according to Northwest National, there was no problem with gas lines in the Forest Grove at the time. Uh, in February 2016, Andrew Dawes, a professor of psych- uh, of physics, not psychics, at Pacific <laughs> University. Although, that might would, have yeah, been useful. Mm, um, mapped the locations where the noise had been heard. Although the results were inconclusive, it did not suggest a single location. <laughs> that is horrifying. Oh. Mm. Uh, throughout February 2016, approximately 200 calls were made to the Forest Grove Police Department, according to Captain Mike Herb, who said... Oh, no, 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 sorry. He's, a, he's American, so I believe it's Captain Mike Herb. Mike Herb. Mm, sorry. I have... <laughs> my, my apologies. Um... 
we're we're known for our racially sensitive pronunciations <laughs> on this show. Uh, who said that most of the calls were suggesting explanations for the sound, ranging from frogs to aliens to Bigfoot. Huh. One of those. <laughs> one, one of those. Yeah. Bigfoot's got himself a flute, but he's not very good at playing it yet. He's <laughs> oh. got big fingers. Uh, in late February 2016, the Forest Grove Police Department announced via Facebook that the noise did not pose a safety hazard. They're very big on saying this repeatedly, over and over. <laughs> Do not investigate the noise. No. Do not look into the noise. The there noise is no, cannot harm you. There's no danger. Remain in your homes <laughs> until the noise uh, finishes. Uh, and the police announced they were halting their investigation until further information appeared. However, after February 2016, the noise was not heard. The final point plotted on Dawes' map on 20, uh, February 20, 27th, 2016, and the police and fire, depa- um, fire departments closed the case. Uh, Dave Namaya, the Forest Grove fire marshal, suspected the noise to be a faulty attic fan or heat pump. Oh, come on. Case closed. That's that's it. That's fucked. The, the spooky noise that uh, sounded like a, a violin being played over a fucked up microphone uh, that cannot be pinpointed to any, any one point. Uh, it's, just a, it's just a fan. It's your CPU fan. You're running it's... too many apps. Mm. Your apps are making your fan go wild. Someone was mining Bitcoin, but it was 2016, so you can't do that. So, in my experience, uh, in my experience as a man Uh who reads the Wikipedia articles for unexplained noises, and I can't imagine someone more qualified, to be perfectly honest. Uh, Thank you so much. Subject matter expert, I think. It's usually like tectonic, right? That's what most of these things turn out um, to be. Or glaciers. Oh yes, and a being, lot of glaciers birthed or in Oregon. Dying. Um, I haven't checked the map. You probably you've been to Oregon, haven't you? You've been to uh, oh, Portland many a time. Mm-hmm. Uh, two times, hmm. three times. Have you seen Portlandia? Oh, it's exactly like that, dude. Hmm. Uh, lots of wacky guys. Yep. They're keeping Portland weird. Hipsters. Yeah, they these, wouldn't call themselves that, but we know what they are. Mm, sure. So I'm looking at a, a fault map of the state of Oregon. Mm-hmm. I think that's how they say it. Yep. Um, but I don't know where Forest Grove is, so really this was a pointless exercise. Well, I mean, first of all, you, you fucked up because it's not on the map. Forest Grove? Yeah. No, it was was earlier, but it has been unwritten. Oh, of course. Mm. Uh, and no one knows how or why. No. 40 but it did erase itself. Interesting. Well, that's a quality sound. I've not heard of that one before. There is a um, there is a video um, on it. I wonder whether now I don't have I don't really any idea of how all this podcast technology works, but I'll, maybe we can try and edit that in. Oh, I'd love. To, yeah, chuck that mm-hmm. in. Okay. I'll pretend to have heard it. Mm. Ben, speaking of things that are absolutely <laughs> fucking inexplicable. Uh huh. <laughs> do you want to talk about Jim's mowing for a while? I I would love very much uh, to talk about Jim's mowing for a while. Mm. Mm. Um, I have driven through Forest Grove. Uh, Shit. George and I drove through Forest Grove uh, because we were staying with friend of the show, uh, Guardian journalist uh, Jason Wilson. Oh, wow. Uh, mm. In two suburbs over, basically. 
or two towns over. I don't really know how America works. And then we drove out through Cornelius and then through Forest Grove and then up to the bloody 26. How about that? Mm. How's the traffic on the 26? Uh, It was a smooth, beautiful drive all the way up the 26 through Elsie uh, to eventually the Astoria Bridge. Stunning bridge. Mm. Very long. One of the best in Los Angeles. Uh, Yep. Yep. (laughs) That's it. Um, I would love to talk about Jim's mowing. I'm sorry. Oh, I got well, distracted by uh, knowing that I, had I only been there three years earlier, mm-hmm. might have heard a spooky sound. You, you might have, uh, but you weren't and you didn't. So, but Jim's mowing, that's a uh, perfectly normal part of our lives in Australia, right? Yeah. Like, so I, I think if you were trying to d- describe Jim's mowing mm-hmm. to uh, American listeners, you know the movie uh, Wally. <laughs> the little robot Wally. I, I certainly do. How there is one company, I believe they're called Buy and Large. Big and Large. Buy and Large? Buy and Large. I think it's called Buy and Large and how mm-hmm. they make absolutely everything. Yes. Well, imagine if instead of Buy and Large, it was a man called Jim. <laughs> and he has Jim's mowing. Yep. He has, and he has a beard, which I think is instrumental for you to understand. Yes, he's a bearded man. Is he wearing a hat? I he think he wearing, might be wearing, wearing a bucket a jaunty, hat. Jaunty little hat, that's right. So there's Jim's mowing. Yep. There's Jim's uh, accountants. Yep, there's Jim's concreting. Jim's cleaning, Jim's yep. antennas, Jim's, Jim's building inspections. Service. Yep, that's right. Jim's dog wash. Yes. Uh, so Jim owns just about everything. Now, some of those things I've listed may not be related to the actual Jim, but the Jim's dog wash is. And then I can say for certain. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, that's that's how I would explain Jim's mowing. Jim's yep. mowing is the top of a pyramid uh, that is the, the emblematic pyramid of an empire. And at mm-hmm. that top, there is a baleful eye. And Jim sits within the pupil of that eye. There absolutely is. I mean, I don't know a single person who has ever hired the service of any of the Jim's. <laughs> Um, businesses, but they are absolutely ubiquitous. They're, they're, they're everywhere. They're sort of like the uh, Hawkins Water and Power of Australia. <laughs> and they're never far. That's the thing you need to know about, about Jim's mowing, Jim's services. <laughs> they're just right outside. Anytime you need them, they're there for you. There always seems to be one on every corner. There really Very does. Strange. And that's and that's heartwarming, I think. Uh, but you know what else is heartwarming? The founder of Jim's mowing will make you smarter and save the world. Now, that's a headline that I definitely saw today while I was going about my business, mm. but did not take the time to read. And uh, could you tell me, does it live up to the promise of such a tantalising headline? I would say that it possibly goes in a number of directions that you would never expect. Uh, thrill me. Mm, that's what please. I ask you. So I'm going to hit you with a quote first up. This is from Big Jim himself. We're going to change the world. If my theory is correct... Oh, no. (laughs) This will change everything. This will ruffle feathers. Don't you think anything else? You ask Galileo, you ask Darwin, this is going to cause an uproar. That's why Jim of Jim's mowing. Um, (laughs) God. It's safe to say that he has some ideas on how things uh, could be. I'm going to hit you with some of them. Mm -hmm. Uh, You've probably seen a picture of Jim Penman's face on the sides of his trucks. 
There are thousands of them driving around the country, mowing your lawns, fixing your antennas, washing your dogs. We ticked all of them off. Well done, Ben. Uh, in the picture, Jim <laughs> has a thick beard and he's wearing a bucket hat. Mm. You are five from five. Thank uh, you so much. And here's the thing. He's always smiling. Well, he is always smiling. He is a jolly, jolly fella. For a, for a posterized image of mm-hmm. a man's face, it does radiate a genuine warmth. It it does. And we're talking about a physical warmth here. Yes. <laughs> it is hot to the touch. Oddly. <laughs> it's actually physically difficult to stand near uh, anything with the gym's logo on it. Hmm. But quite hard to avert your gaze. Um, I'm sitting across from Jim at his training center in a sprawling complex in the foothills of the Dandenong Ranges. He started his business, Jim's Mowing, back in 1982. He's aged a bit since then, and he's lost the beard. Mm -hmm. Mm. But as he tells me his plans for world domination, he's still smiling. Holy fuck, that's the creepiest thing I've ever heard. Did you say training complex? I believe, hang on, let me just try. Uh, Sprawling complex in the foothills of Dananong Ranges, so not training complex. Both of those are terrifying. Constantly reconfiguring itself, finding new forms... Euclidean and non-Euclidean. <laughs> hey, sometimes uh, you got to have both. <laughs> you really do. Um, that's what I learned at business school. Uh, the story of Jim's rise to fame and fortune is al- already a matter of public record. Cash-strapped uni student begins a lawn mowing business to help pay his tuition. With an initial budget of $24, business grows to become a gardening leviathan. <laughs> oh. They can't be choosing the word leviathan by I, accident uh, there, surely mm. not. <laughs> With over 3,000 franchisees throughout Australia, New Zealand, and the UK, Jim's Group provides 35 different services from Jim's bookkeeping to Jim's bath resurfacing. I would die to hear the full list of all of the services. (laughs) Oh, boy. Jim's karate lessons. Maybe we could just (laughs) find it and, and list it out at the end. I don't know. At 60, he's still heavily involved in the running of the business, which generates an estimated annual revenue of $320 million. So he'd be ready to rest on his laurels, I would think. <laughs> um, love those laurels. Hmm. But what most people don't know is that Jim never wanted to be a businessman. Uh, he started mowing lawns to raise cash to fun- fund his research for a PhD in history at La Trobe University. The, unit wouldn't, uh, the uni wouldn't give him any money because, according to Jim, his ideas were too radical, too wild. Oh, no. Jim's research is concerned with the rise and fall of human civilizations. He tries to explain why certain historical events have happened to certain peoples at a certain point in time. To do this, he conducts experiments on populations of rats and guinea pigs, (laughs) messes with their diets and family units, and if all goes according to plan, he'll be doing the same to humans. Holy fuck. Oh, no. Which SCP is Jim? <laughs> okay. Uh, mm, mm. Sorry, I can see this is going to be a struggle now. Jim's been giving money, so far over $1 million, to his team of scientists at La Trobe <laughs> to continue the research university turned, on its, turned its back on oh my God. three decades ago. Uh, to put simply... <clears throat> Jim has a theory that the big shifts in society, wars, revolutions, influence of religion, etc., are explainable by changes in brain and hormone activity. Oh, my God. (laughs) 
Actually, can we just uh, quickly pause because I just spilled my beer everywhere. Mm. This is the second time this has ever to be on the podcast. I'll be right back. I'm just going to have a a sip of mine from my Buntu Vista Socialist Club. Okay, we'll have to edit that out. That's uh, not not on uh, the letterhead anymore. Uh, But it's a lovely little beer koozie. Koozie? Stubby holder. What do you call that? And if you look at the bottom of it, it says, This is the beer's ass, which I find to be its uh, most uh, flattering feature. All right, I'm back. I'm so sorry oh, about that. That's all right. Did I hear another beer being opened? Uh, no, you did not. I no. still have uh, about a third of a beer. Oh, that's tragic. It is sad. Uh, hmm. I've got to stop so precariously placing my beer. Hmm. Um, <clears throat> sorry, just to leap straight back in. Uh, as an example, Jim cites World War One. According to Jim, the Great War was brought about by widespread hormonal change in the Austro-Germanic people of the <laughs> 1880s. Which Holy made them more fuck. aggressive and <laughs> more aggressive and warlike. In this way, Jim can explain why Rome rose and fell... Why Stalin was able to stay in power for so long and why the West is in a really bad state. Oh, no. Oh, this is going to get worse, isn't it? Oh, you have no idea. Uh, Just how he identifies these hormonal changes so many years later and without any physical evidence, only Jim knows. (laughs) by, By studying these patterns, he can predict the future and is developing a drug to change it. Jim's ideas... Based on <laughs> scientific stream, mm-hmm. Jim's, Jim's ideas. That smiley, jelly, jolly fellow. Uh, based on a scientific stream called epigenetics. Epigenetics studies the changes in genes which are not programmed into the DNA sequence. Uh, in practical terms, if a scientist or a gardener come scientist, uh, that's oh, in the article, wow. uh, was able to identify the link between particular genes and behaviours. They could alter people's behavior by modifying the genes. Jim sees it as the final frontier of scientific study. For years, people thought that genes were just genes. They didn't realize they could be switched on and off. And he's got big plans for humanity once the drug has been developed. Why haven't we been visited by intelligent aliens? He asks me a little later. Why is that? Must be trillions of Earth-like planets across the universe. Why hasn't some race gone and spread into space? I think one of the more plausible reasons is that when any, any civilization rises past a certain stage of technology, it becomes easier and easier to destroy itself. Uh, a lot of his initial tr- uh, testing has been focused on developing treatments for alcohol addiction, drug addiction, overeating, uh, lots of this other stuff. Uh, Jim thinks it could be ready as, uh, as early as next year. Mm. Um, uh, but Jim wants to change more than that, Ben. Uh, he wants to change people's personalities. Okay. Change how they think and act. Uh, Jim's equilibrium. Mm-hmm. Uh, so <laughs> how they see the world. He believes that Jim's drug can make people more focused, more hardworking, more intelligent and creative. Uh, he, he is entirely describing the drug from... Uh, equilibrium. Fuck. No. What's the thing? You think you're Ritalin. <laughs> As the movie, he takes the drug and then he like sees colors and that lets him do maths. I haven't uh, seen it. Limitless? Limitless. He's, he's doing the limitless drug. 
Many have tried uh, tried this before. Um, <laughs> but it could be as simple as something as a like a nasal spray. It could be a treatment, a drug, a pill you swallow. There are implications that this could raise IQ. Um, Where are we? There aren't, but mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. Well, but Jim thinks that the world needs this drug. He's crunched the numbers and he has a pretty bleak outlook for this planet if he can't get his nasal spray out. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, in the next few years, Jim predicts that the West will continue its economic and moral decline With China taking over the reins as the big world power Followed by a few thousand years of hegemony from unified body of African states What was that, the decline that he said for the West? Uh, that was uh, economic and moral Moral decline Interesting mm. No, things are famously getting getting worse since we, you know Gave universal manhood suffrage. And I, so I assume so he's specifically referring to gay marriage, but we I have no I, way of knowing. That is definitely the subtext. Um, but he's, he is really thinking about this, because by the year 4000, Jim envisions the world as a Mad Max-style apocalyptic wasteland <laughs> comprising of poor peasant farmers where women are mutilated by... Oh. Uh, uh, by uh, clitoridectomy. Mm. Jesus Christ I'm only going to have one pass at that word I'm very sorry And this kind of garbage Which is really what the human race is headed for Poverty stricken peasants Uh, Now he's referring of course to African people There, uh, There's a lot more of that um, So uh, I'm very very sorry for Jim's opinions Which will only spiral out from here Uh, But he's doing everything in his power To stop that from happening a large percentage of the profits that he takes from Jim's mowing go into a foundation that will continue his research and, if his theories are proven correct, save the world. Uh, but, of course, he's wary that the potential dangers of developing his wonder drug. Uh, he worries that it may be so powerful that it could actually bring about the apocalypse. Uh, technology would explode because people would become far more creative and capable by a factor of hundreds of times over. Now, whether that would end up destroying the human race or we would end up spreading across the universe, I don't know. Now, this is a nasal spray that yep. he is describing here. Just, just it's to called everybody. Gorilla mindset. <laughs> uh, and I will Brain say force. Throughout, throughout this article, which is from Vice, I apologize. I should have said that from the beginning. It is a wonderful article. Um, there's just every third paragraph or so is like broken up by a Jim's mowing photo with, like, some tradies standing in front of <laughs> a big old trailer full of mulch. Oh. Um, so, Jim's life is a clipped lawn of cold showers, office work, and almost monastic moderation of his personal habits. We all know what that means. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> See, this, this is what happens. Oh man! You got to get it out somehow. You you absolutely do, or else you, this is the kind of shit that happens. Uh, his website says he has no plans to retire ever, and I'm enjoying mm. the, the connotation of that. <laughs> that he will not die. <laughs> he is deathless. Uh, he strictly regulates his consumption of his one and only vice, chocolate. Jim also abstains from sex as much as possible. Uh huh. 
as much as possible. Mm-hmm. Uh, limiting sexual behavior is a very powerful driver oh of temperamental change. Oh, my God, you change. nailed it. You're absolutely right. He doesn't wank. He's no fap. <laughs> he nods gravely. It makes you more driven, hardworking, more focused. It doesn't, though. Um, but this seems incongruous when you delve deeper into Jim's family life. Since starting the business, he has fathered 10 children and a number of wives. <laughs> oh, my God. Possibly not walking the walk, I would say. Oh. Um, I asked him how his prodigious progeny production tallied against his dim view of sex. But check this out. Societies that have less sex have more children. Huh. Mm, I'm, I'm not really sure that he's up on the fine details. Yeah, I'm not convinced by that. But he did point to the reproductive explosion during the Victorian era as an example of this. It's not all doom and gloom in Jim's bedroom, though. Oh he my. begrudgingly admits... I suppose sex is a point in establishing relationships between husband and wife. Ideally, you want to limit it, though. I don't know if you do. Well, I think the jury's still out on that. Uh, Jim also wrote a book. It's called The Hungry Ape, Biology and the Fall of Civilizations, and Jim self-published it in 1992. Uh, we have got to get a copy of that book. I absolutely agree. Um, I managed to track down a copy of, of it on Amazon, and it makes for some interesting reading. The front cover shows a photo of a gorilla superimposed over a vista of skyscrapers. Amazingly, it didn't sell many copies. Reading The Hungry Ape is like stepping back in time. <sighs> Jim has this idea that different races and ethnic groups have diff- distinct oh, temperaments. Oh, no. Decided by attributes he refers to as restraint... And vigor. Oh, no. Jim is just a villain from a Bioshock game. Yes. He is yelling at you through the PA system <laughs> as Jim's... Uh, I don't know what you call it underwater habitat. So, I guess Jim's wet dome... Jim's wet dome. Uh, <laughs> floods wet dome. around you. Uh-huh. Uh, uh, angry, uh, screaming... Uh, minions from Jim's landscaping try and feed you into a wood chipper. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he is infuriated that the utopia he has created uh, Based on a specific kind of nasal spray Has crumbled And he still believes the concept was sound But saboteurs have let themselves in mm. They are not gyms They are something else No, and they don't have restraint uh, Because Jim believes that restraint is the temperamental basis of civilization and can account for the domination of white European ethnic groups over the few past few hundred years. Oh, no. Yeah, buckle up. Um, all of the other races oh, have no. lost out oh. because they lack either restraint or vigor. Holy and throughout. Fuck. Restraint or vigor. So he sort of plots them all on a spectrum. No, it would have to be a. a 2D thing. A 2D chart, really. Okay, so here's my theory they're all capitalized. Restraint with a capital R, vigor with a capital V. Uh-huh. So I assume restraint is on the red bar and vigor is on the blue bar. Mm-hmm. Um, and you've got to keep those levels open by looting uh, various bins. Um, Drinking various drawers. potions. Well, you want, you want Jim's nasal spray. 
Jim's nasal spray is the only thing. Restores both restraint and vigor. <laughs> My fucking God. Um, but there are a lot of comparisons between black people and b- baboons, uh, and even more about Jews and rats. Oh, fuck. Yeah, this is, this is, this is where it gets really into the weeds. Before now, this has been perfectly normal times. So this is the real deal. This is, this is absolutely 100% Jim's eugenics. Um, the book reads like a bad piece of propaganda or a weird eugenics experiment. At best, you would call the hungry ape the scientific equivalent of racial stereotyping. Here are some of the highlights. Jews have traditionally been far more inhibited, more driven by anxiety and insecurity. The key to their success has been high restraint. And again, this is in capital R, like it's a... Um, like it's an attribute in Dungeons yeah, & Dragons. that's exactly right. Uh, which has been linked to their trading skills, as well as hard work. Black sexual behavior is freer on average. Oh my fucking God. Than that of whites. This is the guy from Jim's Mowing. Jim's Mowing. Jim's You've seen mowing. him. He's wearing the bucket hat. He's on the side of like the, the mowing smiling. trailers. He's smiling because he knows. Hey, it's me, the guy from Jim's Mowing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can't even, I don't even want to repeat his claims for fear <laughs> no. someone will take this no. audio and attribute it to me. Absolutely. And I promise you, I'm, I'm, we're, we're like two thirds of the way through this. We're, we're getting there. Um, Unemployment is higher and occupational success lower, reflecting, alongside racial oppression, a lack of high restraint work ethic and commercial skills. Rates of crimes are higher because of the reduced respect for law and authority in lower restraint groups. Uh, On Aboriginals, unsuited in general to the discipline of academic study and of many jobs, they have become a poor underclass. A high proportion are in unemployed and the rest are in menial jobs um so that doesn't sound like good beliefs to have that sounds not good yep agreed jim is concerned with altering the restraint and vigor of the ethnic groups that he believes has been have been dealt a bum hand in the epigenetic stakes um this is hard <laughs> He wants to make the blacks more restrained and the Jews more vigorous. Oh, my God. <sighs> he wants to change the Aborigines' personality so they can function more effectively in our society. And I promise you, I'm quoting verbatim from this. Uh, Aboriginals, sick, um, SIC, are hunter-gatherers, he tells me. Their temperament is suited to that. They don't work steadily. You need people who can work hard, who can work by the clock. Uh, It's a serious question as to whether they would want to be more like us or whether they should be more like us. And if they wanted to be successful in society, they would change temperament to be more like Europeans. Uh, So, Uh Jim, racism and prejudice are not the reason why many Aboriginals around the country are unemployed, unhealthy and disenfranchised. It's because of their temperament. It's not the prejudice that causes the problem in the temperament. It's the temperament which causes the prejudice. Um, And this is getting getting to the end of it, I I promise you. Jim compares the history of the Jews to prove his point. They've been discriminated against, loathed, persecuted, pogromed. 
Um, that's a term he throws in there. Murdered, forced out of their home after after home. Biologic, they should be the more, most poor, downtrodden people on earth. Are they? No, they're not. Why? Because Jews are different. They have a certain temperament. But don't worry. He's aware of just how un-PC his ideas are. Oh, cool. And how they will be received if they were ever to gain widespread attention. People with a left-wing orientation with a belief that all people have the same temperament will find it hard, if not possible, to grasp this stuff, like trying to hold a blob of jelly in their hands. So I think what he's getting at here, um, and I am still in recovery, I I do apologize to to everybody, um, but this is uh, an article about Jim from Jim's Mowing. Um, And what I think here is that we're not really holding his ideas in our hand because they're too supple. They're too... Yeah, and I think the big problem is... I, th- I, I, I mean, at least for myself, and I can say this as obviously I'm a bit of a left-leaning person, that mm-hmm. um, the problem is that I have these gaps between my fingers and also between uh, my forefinger and my thumb. Yep. And so I would love to hold the jelly in there, but these gaps mean that the jelly just goes straight through. Mm-hmm. And those gaps are... Um, uh, Limitless racist thoughts. <laughs> and they're just slipping on through. And I wish I could keep them there. Uh, but, but we but I simply we can't. can't. Yeah. We can't hold it. Our our capability for, for this is too low. Our restraint is limited. I'm at uh, zero zero mm-hmm. on the chart. The graph. Yep. The graph. Hmm. Graph. But we need we we simply need more of that uh that nasal spray. Oh, Jim's nasal spray. Um, but there's no doubt that Jim firmly believes in what he's doing. He sees himself as a kind of saviour, a misunderstood idealist who wants to make the world a better place. Our civilization has r- achieved a tremendous amount. I've got ten kids and every one of them is still alive. Do you know how remarkable that is? That sounds almost like a threat. Uh, <laughs> nobody needs to die of hunger anymore. People don't need to live their life in mindless toil. I'd like to spread the blessings to everybody. And my theories seem to show that that's possible. So that's almost pretty heartwarming. Yes. If everything else hadn't come before this. <laughs> you mean uh, all of the things that he says and does, that he researches, that he spends millions of dollars of his own money trying to will in, into existence. So if Jim's that- mowing. Mm-hmm. It's a guy from Jim's Mowing. Yep. Uh, it is his lovely little bearded smile. Um, so he's jazzed things up a little bit since then. Uh, he's played up the scientific angle a little more in, uh, in his uh, follow-up to The Hungry Ape. Restraint and vigor have been replaced by the terms Q and Z. So that's fine. Mm. Probably. Um, but the basic premise of the theory is the same. Jim's not sure when his drug will be ready for human consumption. He says it could take a couple of years, or it could take a couple of decades. Whatever the case, he has the dedication and resources to make something happen. I'll be the first person to try it, Jim grins. And now that that smile doesn't seem so sweet. No. And I am honestly half uh, looking forward to, half dreading the future where Jim from Jim's Mowing ascends to heaven um, through the pure power of Q and Z and is able to recreate us all in his image reaching into our genes altering a 
little step in the ladder here and there. So he's uh, he's going to uh, do the thing from June where he he takes the water of life, which is Jim's mm-hmm. nasal spray, <laughs> and then he becomes able to individually manipulate molecules using the incredible power of his mind. I believe that that's... Uh, that's one version of it. I see him crashing back down to Earth um, at night. Nobody, nobody sees it, but suddenly there's an exclusionary zone <laughs> that extends many miles down the coast, which has lengthened bizarrely. Teams are sent in. Uh, they do come out, but they come out different. And those who come in, go into the zone, rarely leave. When they mm. do. They will not tell you what they've seen, and only the promise of strange trinkets draws them back in. Oh, now, uh, I have two follow-ups to teacher. this. Sure. Have you got some some thoughts on this, perhaps? I would like to read two things from you. The first thing okay. I would like to read for you is a list. And the list goes as follows. <laughs> Jim's mowing. Jim's dog wash. Jim's tree and stump removal, Jim's fencing, Jim's cleaning, Jim's blind cleaning and repairs, Jim's handyman, Jim's car detailing, Jim's antennas, Jim's glass, Jim's bookkeeping, Jim's paving, Jim's roofing, Jim's computer services, Jim's electrical, Jim's finance, Jim's termite and pest control, Jim's window and pressure cleaning, Jim's painting, Mm -hmm. Jim's fire and safety, Jim's test and tag, Jim's pool care, Jim's carpet cleaning, Jim's bin cleaning. Jim's plumbing, Jim's skip bins, Jim's bath resurfacing, Jim's diggers, Jim's building inspections, Jim's locksmiths, Jim's removals, Jim's security, Jim's conveyancing, Jim's heating and cooling, Jim's window tinting, Jim's traffic control, Jim's hazardous material, Jim's kitchens, Jim's fly screens and blinds, Jim's photography and drones, Jim's mobile (laughs) cafe, Jim's real estate, Jim's mobile tires, Jim's roller doors, Jim's batteries, Jim's mobile catering, Jim's personal training, Jim's sign and print, Jim's construction, Jim's energy, and Jim's mobile mechanics. Oh, and you simply can't argue with that success, and if your mouth tries to form the words, you'll find yourself physically incapable. I really just want to stress that none of the preamble we were saying about Jim's owning every kind of business and being everywhere is made up. This is a very real phenomenon in Australia. This is a nightmare that we don't know that we're in. Now, my second follow-up to this uh, Mm -hmm. is from... You might have heard of this before maybe uh but i'm gonna read you a paragraph from an article mashable wrote about it but i don't know if you know this but actor terence howard invented his own kind of maths oh he did absolutely um here is this one paragraph uh thank you trisha gilbride from mashable how can it equal one howard Mm -hmm. asked rolling stone comma and the universe (laughs) if one times one equals one That means that two is of no value because one times itself has no effect. One times one equals two because the square root of four is two. So what's the square root of two? Should be one, but we're told it's two, and that cannot be. It can. Now, I don't expect you to know the number off the top of your head, but can you give me a close approximation? What's the square root of two? It's about 1.4 something, right? 1.4 something, yeah. Yeah. No, it's two. We're no, told it's, it's two, but it should uh-huh. be one, and that cannot be. 
Uh, there are a lot of videos on the internet of Terence Howard describing the kind of mathematics that he invented, oh, and I, I urge you to look them up because you mm. will have just a wonderful time. It's. Uh, I've seen people argue with him about this on Twitter, and they're all just repelled by this invisible force. <laughs> <laughs> they're just crashing like waves. Against his absolutely immovable logic. It's amazing. He's just like, well, one times one uh, doesn't equal two. Uh, so how can five be greater than four? Mm. I want to. I, I love um, celebrities who have just become absolutely insane. Um, it's Randy Quaid, great example <laughs> of a man who lost Boy. his entire mind. Mm. Sure did. They had different kinds of drugs in the in the seventies, I think. They can just fry your whole brain. Better ones. Mm. But they didn't have the drug from Limitless. No, <laughs> only Jim's Bowling will be able to find that one to us. <laughs> Jim's, Jim's <laughs> pharmaceuticals. Jim's ascendancy. Oh my god. Hmm. Jim's hey, dominion will be the government that we all live under in twenty years' time. Oh, the speaking of things that are absolutely immortal, mm. Mm. Got, a, uh, got a bit of local news. <laughs> yeah, I believe the immortal thing that you're referring to uh, yep. is, of course, uh, the Kookaburra Queen 2. <laughs> First of its kind and last. Uh, 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 yes, although it seems like it might be in jeopardy. Now, the actual headline on uh, this story... Uh, omits one crucial detail that is really what makes this story phenomenal. So I'm going to read um, the the caption that it was tweeted out with by uh, a an ABC journalist, but not the one that wrote it. Now, uh, this is a tweet from a state political reporter of the ABC uh, for Queensland, I believe. Uh, linking to a story. Here we go. Get ready. <laughs> Passenger falls through deck and lands on lap of someone on the toilet in Brisbane <laughs> paddle wheeler crash. Passenger falls through deck and lands on lap of someone on the toilet in Brisbane paddle wheeler crash. Uh-huh. Now... <laughs> <laughs> Let me. I'm going to read the, read the opening paragraph of this story here. Mm, please. One of Brisbane's iconic tourist boats has crashed into an unknown object while carrying about 50 passengers, causing one person to fall through a floor and onto the lap of another passenger on the toilet below. <laughs> <laughs> now. <laughs> I cannot stress enough that both of these, the tweet linking to it and the, the lead paragraph of this story, they don't say another passenger that was in the toilet. This wasn't someone that was in the bathroom that had someone fall on top of them. This was someone that was on the toilet. They were sitting mm -hmm. down, pants around their ankles, uh, yep. presumably halfway through turning out a shit when someone has very dramatically fallen through the roof above them, landed, or I presume straddling them, 
uh-huh. forcing them to preemptively you reckon, you reckon pitch the shit off. backwards? I don't know. And I'm not <laughs> sure which is worse. I think, I think face-to-face is much worse. Oh, right? no. Because at least face-to-face, you're both fully aware of the situation immediately. If you're <laughs> with your back to them, you're sort of looking down <laughs> to seeing a nude oh, pair of... very soft landing. <laughs> I hope I didn't land on a nude shitting man. (laughs) (laughs) Tiled floor. Uh Legs with the pants pulled down. (laughs) Odd odour. I assume they're mine. (laughs) (laughs) So what... uh, Not again. What really gets me here uh, is the fact that... In this story, which has not been updated since, so it was originally published four hours ago, there hasn't been an update to the story, which I thought they might have done. It is repeatedly referred to as an unknown object that they crashed into. Uh, They don't know what it hit. Which, I don't understand how that could be true. The impact smashed a hole in the upper deck and tore an upper railing off. How could you not know? And I think I have a theory. I think it might have been... You know how... Um, now, I, I don't know if this is scientifically sound, what I'm about to mm-hmm. say, but you know how mullet uh, jump out of the water and they slap on their belly? Mm. I'm, I'm, very, I'm very familiar with fish and things of the outside, Ben. Well, you, you don't have to tell me that mullet jump out of the water and um, slap their belly or whatever it is you said. You don't know this about mullet? Oh, the wonderful fact about mullet. So, if you see... Sure. Oftentimes, you see a fish jumping out of the water... I don't know if this happens everywhere. All right, but this is something that happens. In Australian estuaries, mullet will jump out of the water, they slap themselves on their belly. Now, I was told, as a child, that this was to make themselves fart. And I'm starting to think that might not be true. But they do it. Anyway, what I think happened is that one of the Brisbane River coelacanths jumped out to do mm-hmm. that and yep. collided with the upper deck of the Kookaburra Queen 2 which is, incidentally, uh, the boat on which George's parents got married. Wonderful. Yep. What do you reckon? This is a 300, 400-pounder? Well, yeah, so just a juvenile, then. (laughs) (laughs) Well, they don't... The old ones don't usually go that far downstream. No, that's true. They're waiting for you further up. They're very territorial, the coelacanth. Hmm. Look, I... I have to be honest with you, I am now trying to see in the Wikipedia page, uh, oh, here we go, a common noticeable behaviour in mullet is the tendency to leap out of the water. There are two distinguishable types of leaps. Oh, I'm already loving this. A straight, clean slice out of the water to escape predators. Beautiful. You love to see it. And a slower, lower jump while turning to its side that results in a larger, more distinguishable splash. The reasons for this (laughs) lower jump are disputed, Uh here we go, but have been hypothesized to be in order to gain oxygen-rich air for gas exchange in a small organ above the pharynx. All right. It's not for farts. But it's close. It's close. It had the word gas in it. That's wonderful. Well, there you go. A little bit of nature corner for you. Hmm. Always learning new things on the show, I would say. Every time. Every episode. Hmm. Ben, it has been just wonderful hanging out with you. Oh. I've I've enjoyed this 
far spookier than expected episode. We'll call this the spooky episode. This, we, we will. Look out for that title on this episode that you've listened to the entire way through. Yep. Uh. <laughs> and yep. have already seen. Certainly when you clicked on it. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe you've got a Google Home and it didn't tell you the name of the episode. Uh, oh, no, it does. <laughs> nope. I got nothing for you. Hmm. Maybe you heard this on internet radio somehow. I don't really get how any of this works. No, no me either. Um, I'm going to hit the, the stop recording button after all of this, and then uh, it's going to zoom around a bunch of pneumatic tubes f- and fire out into the uh, SoundCloud headquarters or wherever it is that we host this thing. Yes, I think hmm. we soundify. Stitcher Premium. We are a hmm. Stitcher Premium podcast. Sure. If that's one of the things they do. I think so. Absolutely. Um, I was listening to something on Podbean mm, this morning. Which I don't think you disgusting. were. No, that doesn't sound right. No, no, absolutely not. Sounds unhygienic. But we are going to leave you uh, and climb into bed. And even though we've had a horrible article from Jim of Jim's Mowing. Racist Jim, as racist. we will now call him. <laughs> Possibly the most racist man on earth due to his incredibly powerful drugs. Uh, Before we knew that, we did hire the services of Jim's sleep studies. Now, Jim will watch you sleep. That is a promise. (laughs) Personally. Personally. Free. Well, it has a cost. Good night, everybody. I'm screwed.